0: The world is mad because God took a heart that was an enemy of God, walking in willful disobedience towards him, and regenerated it. He changed it completely. The world can't understand that. They don't know what grace is, and they can't reproduce that. They're upset because a man who molested girls 12 years ago has found forgiveness and now lives in peace to the very God that is still at war with unregenerate men. They're burning up in their conscience and guilt, and nothing can stop that. But they would rather remain enemies of the cross than bow a knee and face their own sexual sin and stop. For a short while, I lived in northern Wisconsin, and I understand that I'm in Illinois today, and everything to you is northern Wisconsin. I lived four hours north of Janesville, and as I drove the highway several times through different seasons... The landscape changes, right? So picture the, the fall season and driving this this four-hour drive through the trees changing colors. You have the, the beautiful yellow and the orange and the red and the greens and, and the browns and stuff and the rolling hills just filling it with color. And then as the leaves fall off the trees, all you're left with are sticks. It's not as beautiful or as pretty as the rolling hills of color. The same road... Take the transition from winter into spring. As I drove the same highway, the fresh covered of snow, rolling the hill white, and some of the trees covered with that snow, just a beautiful uh, picture of, of winter. But then you transition from winter into spring, and what do you have? You have the snow melting, and it's dirty, and it's muddy, and it's, it's just, it's not very, frankly, it's not very picturesque, is it? But then you transition into spring and those fields begin to grow with the green and the hills begin to roll again and the trees come alive and they begin to bud. So in order to understand this drastic contrast from ugly to beauty, we have to have something ugly to to compare with, a backdrop of ugliness. And in the same manner today, when we understand the ugly truth about men, in our fallen nature, that we are slaves to sin. When we understand who fallen men really belong to, and that we are enemies of God outside of Christ, then we can see what Christ has done. And we can see that we needed to be reconciled to him because of that severed relationship between God and man through sin. We needed something to bring us close to God to have access back to him. And when we understand that, that truth of what happened, the glorious and the beautiful truth of the gospel comes through and it's clearly seen. If you open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 5, verses 9 through 11. Romans chapter 5, verses 9 through 11. I've chosen one verse today, but I'd like to read it in the, in the context here. Starting in verse 9, it says, Much more then. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for bringing everyone here together today. And Lord, um, your word says that if we just lift up Jesus Christ up on high, that you would draw men to him. And Lord, we just pray that um, that would be done today, that you would receive honor and glory in all that is said and done today. In Jesus' name, amen. The verse today has a past a present, and a future statements all packed into one. It shows a past reality that we really don't like to talk about. Those who have been born again, regenerated in your hearts, in the past you were enemies of God. That is how God's word described you. Our verse today also has a past to present statement. That while we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to God. In the past, you needed to be reconciled to God. And did you know that? Did you understand that that's how far your relationship was, that something was wrong, that was severed? But to those who God has mightily saved, you are now reconciled through no work of your own, but through Christ. And now in the future, when you shall stand before that incorruptible judge, you shall be saved by the life of Jesus Christ. But when presented with the opposite, it comes with great warning. And we should all take notice. Because those who are lost and perishing in their sin, this is a present reality. It is your current condition. You are currently enemies of God. You have not been reconciled to God. You are far from Him. And nothing you are able to do can repair that severed relationship. The only thing that awaits for you is judgment and wrath. And one day it will seize upon you. Enemies of God. Verse 10 starts out, When we were enemies of God. Or, sorry, when we were enemies. That is a past tense. Well, the question is, a good question, what happened in the past that would make all men outside of Christ enemies of God? And Romans puts it in a little perspective. If we continue on in the same chapter, verses 12 through 19, we read just a a little bit of those verses. We can get kind of a grasp on, on something that took place. Verse 12 Through one man's offense, sin entered the world and death through sin. So we have one man who created an offense and through that offense, sin and death came into the world. Well, that affects me because I'm dying. And this verse tells me that it's because of this one man's offense that should spark our curiosity as to what happened. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the transgression of Adam. So this one man's sin has affected more people, and it continues on down. Verse 15, but the free gift is not like the offense, for by one man's sin, offense, many died. This one transgression, this one offense, is has a catastrophic uh, event that is Continually going forward and many are dying 16 and the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned for judgment which came from one offense Resulted in condemnation. We are now under judgment and condemnation through the one offense 17 for by one man's offense death reigned 18 therefore as through one man's offense judgment came to all men resulting in condemnation again judgment and condemnation the last verse 19 For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Okay, so what happens? This one man, Adam, going back all the way to the beginning, Adam was the first man. He was created upright. When God created him, it was good. Things were good. God made him the representative of all humanity. God gave Adam dominion over the earth, over the beasts of the field. He was in charge over God's creation. And of all the fruit of the trees that God had made, and all the all the things that He gave them, they were to freely eat, to freely enjoy. There was no restriction except for one: don't eat of the tree of good of of, of the tree of knowledge. Well, that commandment is simply just putting the fact that you can have of everything, and you um, what I'm try- God was trying to establish was the fact that don't play God. I'm gonna give you everything for your enjoyment, for your fulfillment, all the, meet all of your needs, but you are not to play me. There is only one me, and I'm gonna stand here in control and give you one commandment that you are to follow. If we look at the deception that came to Eve, that is exactly the lie that, that was perpetuated. That, that somehow, although God had created all the stuff for their own enjoyment, for their own good, the one thing that God was really withholding was the one thing that would have brought them the true joy, the true fellowship, or, At least true happiness. What was the lie? Satan said, well, you know that in the day you eat of it, you won't. You surely won't die for your eyes will be opened and you shall be like God. That was the deception that somehow being like God was far greater than anything that God has already given them. And he said that you're going to know good and evil. Well, through the willful and act of disobedience. Because we are all represented in, in Adam and his sin has been so Adam fell and that sin has been imputed or accredited to all who come after Adam and it has now been been given passed down to all of us. We are born evil corrupt and slaves to sin. In John 8 34, Jesus said, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. You're bound to that. Ephesians 2.4 says, you are by nature children of wrath and disobedience. Colossians 1.18, it says that outside of Christ, our minds are darkened through wicked works. That we're alienated from God. Remember, we needed to be reconciled to God because we have no relationship with him. We don't know him. Genesis 6, 5, then after the, the fall of man and, and evil began to grow in the world, it says that the Lord God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of it, the thoughts of his heart was only evil. Jeremiah seventeen five, or sorry, this says the Lord, verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Do you understand today that since the moment you've been born till this very present moment, that God has seen every thought that has crept across your mind, whether they were lustful thoughts or whether they were hateful thoughts, whether they were good or, or pleasant thoughts, God has seen the intention of the heart and what has brought them to your mind. And on the day of judgment, he's going to draw those things out for you to give an account of those things. And he says that our hearts are deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? God can know it. God can see your heart, and he knows what's in it. Even Jesus called men evil. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, 11, he says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts. The point that I'm trying to bring out here is that apart from Christ, we are far from God. Whether I'm speaking of your past or present reality, you were never going to live a holy life. You, you never had a shot. You, never, you weren't going to hit the ground running. God wasn't waiting for you to tell the one lie before he's he saw, well, I'm going to, okay, well, now you're no good to me. We talk about the age of accountability, and that is not up for debate here. That's not what I'm discussing. And neither am I debating God's grace and mercy on the unborn, Okay. I am pointing out from Scripture that all men are born corrupt and evil. Your only disposition towards God is hostility and rebellion. You would not love God because you could not love God. And the situation from from there only gets worse. The Bible says that fallen men belong to Satan. Verse 10 says, While we were enemies... We were reconciled to God this portion shows that if we're not reconciled to God then we're enemies of God and the word enemy here it implies irreconcilable hostility it is proceeding out of a personal hatred bent on inflicting harm this hatred towards God this might be hard to accept. And even as I prepare for the message, I can't every day stand in the, and look in the mirror and say, before Christ, you were a son of the devil. And that's hard. That, that's, that's not a fun thing to admit. Why? Because we like to view ourselves as much more valuable and better than, than God sees us. But Scripture teaches that humanity hates God. God is not living in rebellion towards us. We are living in rebellion towards him. God has not violated our laws. We have violated his laws. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians 3. He says, Brethren, join me in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you you have in us. For many walk of whom I often told you and now tell you even weeping. They are enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, whose glory is their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. I do believe that God lovingly calls all men to repentance and he demonstrates his mercy on, on, on the just and the unjust alike with the rain falling on the just and the unjust alike. Outside of that, man has no relationship with God. God is not in every man prior to salvation, prior to being born again. And I think it's hard because the world who hates God looks at him and says, well, you know, he's a God of love. And some of you have been told that Jesus is your friend, but it's you who hates God. And if God if you hate God, then God is not your father. You belong to another. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 44. Jesus says to the Pharisees, "The devil is your father. You belong to your father, the devil. The father the word here being used, one who has infused his own spirit into others, who governs their minds. It's used of one who shows himself as like another in spirit and purpose, as though he had inherited his nature from him. And I just added this today. I, I, I really, I, we're not talking that all men are demonically possessed in that sense. We're, what we're, what I am drawing from is the fact that outside of Christ, outside of a, a regenerated heart, we are by nature His. We cannot do the will of God outside of being regenerated. You say, well, he's only talking to the Pharisees in this verse. Yes, in context, that's exactly who he's speaking to. But look at two verses back. In verse 42, he says to them, If God were your father, you would love me. Apart from God saving anyone, you would not love God. In Acts chapter 13, Then Saul, who was called Paul... Filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at the sorcerer Elimaeus and said, You who are full of deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, you will not cease to make crooked the straight ways of the Lord. So far, we have enemies of God, we have enemies of the cross, and we have enemies of righteousness. Those are pretty strong points. Second Timothy 2.26 says fallen men. Paul writing to Timothy saying fallen men is held captive to do the devil's will. In first John 1.8, he says he who sins is of the devil for the devil has sinned from the beginning. First John is clearly talking about being in rebellion towards God and remaining in your sin. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it talks about how God rescued some from the dominion of, of darkness. The dominion means power and the authority. God had to rescue out of that, uh, us people out of this authority or power that was over us. Ephesians 2.2 2 says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince Of the power of the air, by nature, children of wrath and disobedience. It is who we belong to. It's the dark, unflattering truth. When a man sin, he is doing the work of the one he represents. All men are slaves to sin. We are bound to another master. Can you look and point at Josh Duggar today and say, Yes, you agree? Can you look at his sin and say, Yes, that was an evil act? I think we can all agree that he wasn't representing the heavenly father during that time. But the hard question is, can you point to yourself then and say the same for all the sin that you've committed in a life outside of Christ? Let's be clear. Sin is a violation of God's moral law. If you've ever lied or stolen or looked with lust, then God sees you as a liar, as a thief, as an adulterer at heart, because God can... Sees our thought life. Once again, he goes beyond the physical acts done in the body and he judges us according to the to the very thoughts God holds all men personally and morally responsible for the acts of sin and disobedience And will one day he will judge us accordingly He is a righteous and a holy judge and he will by no means clear the guilty for the wages of sin is death That's what you have earned And death you shall receive. Unless there's something stronger than what binds you and holds you. And that is the power of the cross. When we were enemies of god this past relationship to god past to present We were reconciled to god something greater than your evil corrupt nature was able to deliver you from sin and reconcile you to god It was able to bring you into into right relationship with him Do you look at salvation as some small event in the lives of people? You couldn't have been further from god if you tried Do you really believe salvation is a good, moral, sincere decision that some have made? Men are born evil. They're born doing the will of their father, the devil. Men are by nature enslaved unless someone comes to our rescue. Who can rescue us? Where will our help come from? Is there anything stronger than the chains of sin and then is there anything stronger than my evil heart my will to sin? Yes, absolutely. Yes It is much stronger and much more able to free us The power of god is stronger than any chain that binds you today It is far stronger Jesus said whoever commits sin is a slave to sin But be assured whoever jesus christ sets free is free indeed Listen to what Charles Spurgeon said you have been slave to sin long enough You need not be a slave any longer Christ has not come to work out for you a deliverance which takes Hours days weeks months to complete he has come to knock off your fetters with a single stroke And to set you free at once If his gracious power is manifested in this assembly, the former slave of sin will go out of this tabernacle door free. Not half free, with one or two of his fetters broken, there shall be for him immediate liberty. It doesn't take any time to work in the human heart the great change which is called regeneration. There may be a great many things going on before it or coming after it and take up much time, but to pass from death to life is a work of an instant. It must be so. If a man is dead and he is made alive, there can be no interval in between the state of death and the state of life. There must be a second in which the transition takes place. When a blind man's eyes are open, it may be that he does not see for some time very clearly. But there is an instant in which that first beam of light enters the eye and falls upon the retina in which the eye becomes conscious of the power of the light. So in a moment, while I am speaking, the Lord can save you in an instant, you slaves of sin and Satan. He can make you free if it it is the immediate abolition of slavery that I have proclaimed to you. Our broken relationship to God is severely severed. You lack everything and anything that is needed to restore that relationship. But God made a bridge. He bridged that gap from him to us through the cross of Jesus Christ for the one who is worth more than every person that has ever lived. The one who is worth more than any material object has paid the ransom. 2 Corinthians 5.21, He made him him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Verse 10, We were reconciled to God by the death of his Son. Listen, Listen to Colossians. And through him, to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven... And although you were formerly alienated, hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before God, holy, blameless, and beyond reproach. You who were born dead toward God and incorruption can be made holy and blameless through Christ's atoning work on the cross. Colossians chapter two, when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Jesus has lived the perfect holy life that is demanded by God. It was Jesus who deserved to live. It was you. It was you who deserved to die. You deserve to be crushed under the full weight of God's wrath and his anger. But Jesus stepped in. Jesus stepped in. He was crushed under the full weight of God's wrath and anger. He willingly chose death. He laid his life down freely because he had the power to take it up again. That you might have life. God now calls all men everywhere to repent. To turn away from sin. And turn towards him. You must be born again in your heart. John 3, three. Unless you are born again you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Titus chapter 3 verse 5. The Holy Spirit is washing and regenerating our hearts. John chapter 1 verse 13, it's not by the will of the flesh, but by the power of God that you can be set free. God has the power to go into the grave and physically bring a person to life. That is what God does when He saves a person. He reaches into the darkness of your sinful heart, that darkness of, of, and, and, blackness, and by the power of his mighty outstretched hand, he pulls you to himself. Colossians 1.13 says, he, he, God rescued us. It also means to be delivered. It implies removing someone in the midst, in the presence of danger or oppression. That's what God did. He delivered you right out of danger or oppression and to himself. The the reference is that he rescues you and he pulls you to himself. Not only does he pull you to himself, but it was for him. To him and for him has he saved you and rescued you. You did not have the power or the authority to rescue yourself. God looked upon your situation with grace and mercy. He delivered you out of danger and brought you to him for his own glory. The book of Acts, chapter 2, Peter stood up and began to preach at the day of Pentecost. And they were pricked in their hearts. And he told them, Repent! And 3,000 were added to them that day. In Acts chapter 9, God stopped Saul on his way to persecute the church. And he transformed his wicked heart. And Paul became a slave of Jesus Christ, bound to a new master. Acts chapter 16, verse 14. God opened Lydia's heart through the preaching of the gospel. He saved her. And when God generates regenerates a heart, when we being, have been born again, we now have a future hope that lies before us. Verse 10 says much more. Now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? This is a future hope. Because of his righteous life, we who were born into sin can now be delivered. We can be born again. It has been made possible. We were always evil, never loving or obeying God. But because Jesus always did the will of his father and loved and obeyed him perfectly, we can now be transformed. We are children of the devil. But because Jesus paid the debt for sin and we are, we all owe the, He paid the debt of sin that we all owe God, because He shed His blood on the cross for the remission of sin and through the triumphal and victorious resurrection to those who repent and trust in Jesus Christ alone as their payment for sin can be adopted as sons and daughters and brought into the family of God through the mighty transforming truth of the gospel, you no longer belong to another father. You belong to your heavenly father. And nothing on earth or in the heavens can ever pluck you from his hand. Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8 says, Now I say that the air as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. That we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons. God has sent forth. The spirit of his son into your hearts. Crying out Abba father. Therefore you no longer. You are no longer a slave. But a son. And if a son. Then an heir of God. Through Christ. The power of God. Through the power of the cross, you can be adopted as sons and daughters of God. The truth about man is we are fallen. The relationship between God and man is severely severed in such a way that it can only be restored on his terms, not ours. Not only are we fallen, but we are enslaved to sin and therefore bound to another master. We do not possess the ability to run away from him. The Bible says that unconverted men love sin. And that is the ugly truth. That is who we are. But contrast that to the beautiful landscape of the gospel. When the Holy Spirit brings to, begins to convict men of their sin, when we expound on the wonderful truths of the gospel, that although you deserve the wrath of God to fall on you, God demonstrated his love to the world. And that wrath fell on another, his son, Jesus. When we rightly proclaim that God now commands all men everywhere to repent, I believe the Holy Spirit will not only bring conviction, but he is able to regenerate a heart, causing a person to be born again. And through this process, all prior sins, all present sins, and all future sins and hostility towards God is dealt with in the cross of Jesus Christ. And not because of anything that we have done, but because of the finished work of Jesus. We have we can have assurance of our forgiveness. We are no longer enemies of God, but friends... No longer strangers, but adopted and sons and daughters. We have the blessed hope of eternity with our Savior forever. According to Josh Duggar's testimony, that is exactly what happened to him. And according to my testimony before you today, that's what's happened to me. And by God's grace has happened to you. Your vile sins and wicked heart is no match for the grace of God. Humble yourself today. Cry out to him for mercy, and he will by no means cast you out. If there is anyone here today and you would like to talk further, I would encourage you to meet with one of the elders before you leave. I would be also happy to speak with you. I'm going to pray and after I'm done if you just remain seated we'll just sing the first verse of amazing grace and pastor's going to come in and dismiss us. Dear heavenly Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to stand here and preach the wonderful truths of the gospel. Sometimes we don't like to see ourselves the way that that we really are, in desperate need of salvation and that we possess nothing of, on our own that would could get us Right before you But we lift high the name of jesus who has paid everything who has paid the full the price in full And because of his work, we can be made right we can be brought near And lord, I pray that you would just open the hearts and the minds of those who heard today That they would be encouraged Through the gospel of jesus christ be reminded of the message that we bear and to those who have not repented and put their trust in you, that, this would, that the Holy Spirit would come and convict and prick them in their hearts, Lord, and cause them to cry out to you, a merciful and gracious God, who is willing to forgive if we humble ourselves and call out to you. In Jesus' name, amen.